We're teaching on our redemption from the curse. Uh, Galatians 3.13 and 14 are our foundational scriptures. Christ has redeemed us from the curse, having become a curse for us. Now it says, redeemed us from the curse of the law. Doesn't mean that the law is a curse. It never was. Uh, But that we are redeemed from the curse that was pronounced in the law, as one translation says. So we are the redeemed of the Lord. We are redeemed from every curse and death that came in because of Adam's transgression. The main catalog of the curse. Now, we don't have time to discuss all of the different variables of this that we've been discussing. I am just going to mention them quickly. But the main catalog of the curse that came into this planet is in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 15 through 68. Now, there's others that talk about it. Uh, Leviticus 26 also talks about it, and in other places. And we'll, we may look at some of those, but, but right now the main catalog is in Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68. And we made some essential points in, in our last studies necessary for our understanding. We said that the curse is the direct result of disobedience or of breaking divine law or his commandments, just like it happened with Adam. Now go back and study it because we're not going to repeat everything that we've said. Number two, we said that the curse is the direct result of sowing and reaping evil. Number three, we said that the curse is the result of uh, divine judgment that is passed because of disobedience and rebellion to God's word that gives and grants access to the destroyer. Now that was very clearly taught and very clearly uh, seen from the scripture. But now let's go to number three. And this is another important side to it. And let me just say, well, before I go to number three, I, I, I got to repeat this because people have wrong ideas that need to be broken sometimes. And I don't want any of you to take the wrong idea from what I just said. The reason God has to grant access to the destroyer is because of his word. He gave his word to Adam and he spoke his word all through the Old Testament. And the violation of his word or disobedience and rebellion, sin will bring the curse. And we saw that from Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, and a lot of verses in the book of Deuteronomy. Here's another reason for the curse. Are you ready for this? Proverbs 26, verse 2. I'm going to hook two scriptures up in your thinking. Proverbs 26 and verse 2. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not come. Now there's always a cause behind the curse, and we've been seeing over and over again, the cause is never God. We said that rebellion, disobedience, and sin will all bring, if insisted upon, will all bring the curse. The only way we get out of it is if we stand on the covenant, we stand on our redemption by faith, we resist the devil, and if we sin or are disobedient, we run to the protection of God and confess our sins. And our sins are wiped away and we repent. And thank God, then the devil doesn't have the right to access to us. 
He doesn't have a right to access to us unless we allow it. The reason God allows bad things in the earth is not because he wants to, it's because he has to. Because Adam turned all of the earth over to the devil. And the devil has a right to steal, kill, and destroy those that don't obey God. Now, this is an important, important revelation. Important understanding. But now, here's another big cause why the curse comes. You remember that the devil is called a destroyer? We saw that over and over again. Turn that one insisting on living in open sin, like was the man that had his father's wife in a sexual relationship. Paul said, turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. And Jesus said, the thief comes not before to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the same Greek word, destroy, that's used in Revelations 9, 10, and 11 when it talks about the angel of the abyss, which is the devil, and it calls him Apollyon or Abaddon, which means destroyer. See, the one that destroys the flesh is the devil. He's the destroyer. He's the one that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Here's another reason for the curse. Let's go to Hosea. Chapter 4, verse 6. And there's a lot of scriptures that, that, that also prove this, that we could show you, but this is a good overall scripture of why sometimes things happen to people. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Okay, here we go. It says, my people are destroyed. You get that word destroyed. In other words, they open the door to the enemy. To come in with destruction, because he's the destroyer. How do, how do they do that? For a lack of knowledge. Notice this. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priest to me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Now notice, destruction came in because of ignorance. Lack of knowledge, which tells you ignorance is not bliss. Rejecting God's word, that's the knowledge of God. That's what he's talking about, the knowledge of God or the knowledge of his word. Actually, you go here to chapter 4 again, Hosea 4, verse 14. The last part of verse 14 says, Therefore people who do not understand will be trampled. And there's other scriptures like that all over the Bible. But, uh, you know, similar scriptures like that. But I wanted to show you that ignorance of the word of God's, uh, I'm going to put it to you this way, ignorance of our rights and privileges in Christ, or rejecting them, or forgetting them, is an open door to the curse. Now, did I write this? No, <laughs> I'm just telling you what Hosea said. <laughs> Hosea said people are destroyed. Because they don't have knowledge. Well, it's the knowledge of God, God's word. They, they're ignorant, don't know what God said, and so they open the door to the enemy. See, that, that, that happens to Christians that just don't know. They're ignorant. So the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. They don't know to resist him. They don't know to cast him out. 
They don't know to take a stand on their redemption in Christ, that He's redeemed us from the curse, that He took our sicknesses and carried our pains, that He was made poor, that we through His poverty would be made rich, according to 2 Corinthians 8 9. They don't know that, but then something worse looms, and that is rejecting the knowledge of God or forgetting God's Word. Now, we could talk a lot about that. This thing about rejecting God's Word or rejecting our redemption, you find people do it all the time. Christian people, they call themselves Christian, but they reject the fact that Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses so that we would be healed and that by His stripes we're healed. So what, what happens to them? Well, they're destroyed. Sickness and disease comes and they accept it, thinking it's the will of God or some other dumb thing. Ignorance, see? They reject it. That's through tradition. Jesus said the traditions of men make the word of, of God of no effect in your life. Well, you've got to resist tradition. You've got to cast it out. You've got to uh, resist ignorance. And you've got to refuse to forget the Word. And what, I, what that means, forgetting God's Word, is that you cast it behind you. You see the Word, you hear the Word, and you say, Bless God, I'm a doer of the Word. Amen. Uh, James said, Be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only. Why? He said, Because if not, you deceive yourself. The devil doesn't even have to deceive you. You deceive yourself if you're not a hearer. If you, excuse me, if you're not a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Well, we don't want to be deceived. So we're going to be doers of the word. Amen? Amen. Sometimes people just don't know any better. Well, we're not going to be the ones that don't know any better. We do know better according to the word. We are learning better. Every day we learn more. Thank God. And we take a stand. Now, Regardless of the curse, and this is the fourth thing you need to know, regardless of the curse that still roams the earth, and all you got to do is look around you and you see it still roams the earth. Death is still here. The curse is still here. But thank God we have been redeemed from the curse. So what do we need to do? Well, for one thing, you need to believe it. <laughs> you need to trust that. You need to con con you know, have confidence in that word. But I'm going to tell you something else you need to do. And that's Psalms 107 and verse 2. You need uh, to be speaking your redemption in Christ. Look at what it says in Psalms chapter 107 and verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Glory to God. That's us. We've been redeemed from the curse. Glory to God. Amen. And Colossians 1.13 says that we have been delivered from the authority of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Well, Romans chapter 10, usually we read verse 9, that if you'll confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and you'll believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead then you'll be saved. Well, just about everybody knows that. But a lot of people don't keep reading. Verse 10 says, With the heart one believes unto righteousness. Now watch this. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, that's true concerning the salvation of your spirit and the fact that we receive eternal life and we're born again when we make Jesus Lord of our lives. 
But that word salvation there means a whole lot more than just your spiritual salvation. It means your healing. Look it up. It's the word soteria in the Greek. And you'll see that that Greek word means prosperity, means protection. Look it up. So with the mouth, confession is made unto healing. With the mouth, confession is made unto prosperity. I'm going to say it like this. With the mouth, confession is made unto our redemption. All the wonderful provisions of the great sacrifice of Jesus, with the mouth, confession is made unto, unto it. And the scripture says that if we'll align with the word, and we'll hold fast to our confession of God's word, then Jesus, who is the high priest of our confession, what does that mean? That means that he'll back us up, glory to God. Amen. I'll probably say more about that a little later on, but I'm going to tell you this. So what are we read, redeemed from? Well, we got to find out in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1, uh, excuse me, verses 15 through 68, in that catalog of the curse, what we have been redeemed from. Well, if we summarize the curse, we have to say after reading that catalog, now we're, we're going to study it, but we have to say that we're redeemed from sickness and disease of all sorts. We're redeemed from death in all its forms, spiritual, mental, and physical. Now, when I say that, that does not mean that you're not going to die physically after living out a full and prosperous and blessed and long life. No, all of us are, are have to die once at least, unless Jesus comes back first. We're all going to have to physically die, but we don't have to die young and we don't have to die sick. Bless God. We can die healed. Amen. I, I know people that have. They just live to be an old person and were full and satisfied with an old life and long life. See, uh, Psalms 91.16 says that with long life, God said, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation, my deliverance, my wholeness, my health, my wealth, uh, my victory. That's all included in that word salvation, even from the Hebrew, actually from both the Hebrew and the Greek. But we're redeemed while we're here, from the effects of death. Amen. Did you get that? No, that doesn't mean you're not going to die when you get old, if Jesus tarries is coming. But it does mean that all of the effects that came in because of death we've been redeemed from. And, and finally, we will be, our physical bodies will get that redemption. And we're going to be glorified and resurrected physically in the great resurrection. Amen. Amen. And we, we, we could talk about that, but I'm just telling you, in that curse we're, is death in all its forms, spiritual, mental, and physical, and we're redeemed from it. Something else that's in that curse is poverty and lack of every kind. Well, thank God we're redeemed from the curse of poverty and lack of every kind. We're also redeemed from being defeated by our enemies, even on a national level. That is, if we are serving God as a country, we're redeemed from social tragedies and domestic destruction of all kind. 
sins. We're redeemed from mental disorders and illnesses of all kinds. Thank God. We're redeemed from fear and terror in all realms. Glory. And we are redeemed from robbery and theft of all kinds. Now some have shortened this list and said we're redeemed from sickness, poverty, and spiritual death. And I like that. It's a good summary. Glory to God. But to get a clear understanding what we're redeemed from, we're going to have to study this curse because we are redeemed from a lot more than what people have thought. Christians have accepted as normal many things in their lives, not knowing that it was a part of the curse that we are redeemed from. As long as a believer does not rise up and take authority over the curse in their lives, then it will continue to find an opening, uh, any opening it can, because it's still rampant on the earth. The curse has not yet been removed from human contact, even though Jesus defeated it. Now, that's going to happen later. And we found out from Revelations 21 and 4, and also Revelations 22 and 3, that when Satan and, the, and uh, hell and death are thrown into the lake of fire, it says there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more sorrow, there'll be no more curse, and there'll be no more death. Thank God. You see, Jesus' victory over hell and death was a legal defeat. That means that it's legally available to whosoever will receive it. But it must be enforced in the life of a believer. We must resist and stand against all that is evil. And evil includes all that is in that curse. We saw that from Deuteronomy chapter 30. It talks about the blessing and the curse in verse 1. And then in verse 15, uh, it goes on to tell us that uh, it calls the blessing life and good. And it calls the curse evil and death. The curse is evil and death. I hope you get that because, and I trust you'll get that because uh, it's an important revelation, important understanding. Ephesians 6, let me read this to you. Uh, Verse 13, Ephesians 6, verse 13, it's talking about the armor of God. I'm not going to read this whole thing. Well, no, I, I should read verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's the strategies or deceits of the devil. So it's talking about taking a stand against the devil, right? Right. Verse 12 says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Now it's, it's, it's talking about the devil's wicked forces or demons. Principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Now look at verse 13 and 14. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Do you get that? Glory be to God. The curse is called evil in the Bible. It is never a blessing, nor can it ever be confused for a blessing. It is not a blessing in disguise. But again, I have to tell you, we got to resist and stand against all that is evil. And that includes all that it's, that's in the curse. Though we are redeemed from the curse, someone can live in poverty and sickness, 
if they want to, or if they're led to believe they have to, or if because of ignorance they allow it. But you don't have to. You don't have to allow it. And you can know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Glory to God. You can Somebody can live in poverty and sickness unless they rise up in the name of Jesus and take a stand on their redemption from the curse. This is why, even though we're redeemed from the curse, you see Christians suffering under bondage to that curse. They don't have to, but some of them don't know any better, or some of them refuse to believe the good news that Jesus defeated the curse for us so we could be redeemed from it. And then on top of that, to add <laughs> misery to that, you have misguided preachers and teachers that have not understood our redemption and think that we won't get our redemption till we go to heaven. I don't know what they're going to do with, by his stripes you were healed when you get to heaven. Have you ever thought about it? What are you going to do with healing when you get to heaven? You don't need healing in heaven because there's no sickness or disease there. Healing, and by his stripes we are healed, can only affect you on this earth. In heaven there is no sickness or disease. So you don't have to get healed from it. What are you going to do in heaven with, My God shall supply your every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What are you going to do with it there? Come on, think about it. There is no lack or poverty in heaven. So what are you going to do when you get to heaven? Oh, I got to believe God for a blessing or for my needs being met according to his riches in glory. And God will supply it. No, you don't have to believe that in heaven. It is a fact in heaven. It is done already. It's it, The accomplished work is active in heaven fully. But while we're here on the earth, we got to take a stand on the word and believe it. That as it is in heaven, so it is upon the earth. Jesus said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What are you going to do in heaven with long life? I will satisfy you and show you my protection and deliverance. Psalms 91, 16. It'll do you no good in heaven because there's no death in heaven. And we will get glorified bodies in heaven that are not subject to death, and not only that, are impossible to kill. So you see, these benefits and these promises are for the here and now. What about the armor of God? You know, people are waiting around. Oh, that armor when we get to heaven. No, you don't need armor in heaven. Thank God, because there's no enemies in heaven. The scripture says in Psalms 23 that God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Well, that scripture alone proves that Psalms 23 is not when you get to heaven or when you die, then you'll have all the things that God said in his word. No, the table is set in the presence of our enemies. There's no enemies in heaven. They're here on the earth. The table is set for us to participate of it here upon the earth. Amen. He delivers us from destruction now. He heals from sickness now on this side. There is no sickness and disease or destruction or curse in heaven. We get in on it now. Amen. Psalms 103 verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, 
who forgives all your iniquities. Well, that's now. His benefits are for now. There's no sin in heaven. Who heals all your diseases. Well, that's now. There's no disease in heaven. Who redeems your life from destruction. That's now. There's no destruction in heaven. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Watch this. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Well, that's not when you get to heaven. You don't need your youth renewed in heaven. Uh, There's no death. There's no destruction. There's no decay. There's no growing old in heaven. Amen. This is for the here and the now. And by faith in what Jesus did, we get in on it now in the name of Jesus. Amen. We'll discuss more of this on our next study.